Hey guys, welcome to You Chat Too Much podcast. This is a podcast where two international teachers, Joe and Madge, discuss various topics with the help of interesting and amazing guests each week. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to You Chat Too Much. This is episode five, and today we're talking everything about stress. Now, we've got a very, very special guest with us today. Um, similar to, to Josh, um, we're, now, we're now obviously, now we're in this top 1% match. People are now starting to switch on and, and want to be a part of the podcast. But this person... Um, completely has hounded me every time he sees me um the first thing he says is hi then the second thing is when when are you going to get me on the podcast when are you going to get me on the podcast and i genuinely thought the other day when i told him that we had josh on um i i think a little tear came out of his eye that he still hasn't been approached to come on the podcast so this is it steve how are you I'm all right, mate. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. Well, I don't know what introduction that was, but uh, started with a lie. Exaggerated it for sure. But um, yeah. no, He's genuinely. Up, so you've got a lot to live up to now. <laughs> Set the bar high. Exactly. Um, genuinely very happy to have you on the podcast, Steve. Um, the the thing that I can say about Steve is I think we're, it's just going to be a very very organic very natural conversation with uh, with a lot of laughs um so i think it's going to be a good one so steve we always start the the podcast with some some sort of like icebreaker questions um right. quick fire questions we've got these at the start and some quick fire ones at the end all right you ready for okay. this yeah yeah all good um what would be your superpower and why I mean, I think the obvious one is probably flying, right? Because we can't do that, and it's like just amazing. Um, yeah. But most people probably say flying, don't they? So I um, reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon my superpower would probably be to be able to understand the crypto market, just in general, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and to understand fully what a blockchain is. Um, uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, um, yeah, I definitely go flying for sure. Like okay. it must be amazing. I'm actually quite scared of heights, so maybe that will cure my fear of that as well. But yeah, he's already, so he's already lost. He's already lost yeah. our ten listeners by saying the word blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> All right, second question, Steve. Uh, what would your last meal be? Oh, last meal, surf and turf. I reckon. Just. Uh, oh. Yeah, absolutely. Bit of steak, but love the prawns as well. Just kind of get nice. all that in there. Or maybe an all-you-can-eat buffet and just hopefully just keep going and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Getting so, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, final question then. Uh, which celebrity would you like to meet and why? Um, David Abdeborah, I reckon. David oh, nice. Why? Just maybe, get, just maybe get him to read me a story. I just think his voice is so hypnotic. Hypnotic, sorry. It would just be just be amazing. Just his life as well. I think it's fantastic. So what a legend. Yeah, nice. Nice. 
Good answers there, Steve. Good answers. Okay, so today um, we're talking, and this is, I think, Madge, this is we're going to see some links here between um, this episode and the one we did, uh, episode three with Charlie as well, is do we need to take stress more seriously? Um, and I think a few people would laugh, at, especially as teachers, and um, we love to talk about the word stress, but I think it's uh, a word thrown around, um, I think potentially thrown around a lot, um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit today about what our, what our view of it is and whether we do need to talk about it a little bit more. So um, start us off then, Madge. What, what's your initial thoughts of, uh, of stress and do you think we need to take it more seriously? Yeah, I think let's start with the definition of stress. So let's start with like your, your you, uh, actually Steve, you, you start with your definition of stress. What would you define it as? Uh. I'd probably say it's like your emotional, emotional, maybe even, yeah, probably emotional, physical tension on the body, you know, from something, from an event. Um, I haven't really, to be fair, I haven't really got a clear definition. I think stress is quite different for everybody, really. But yeah, emotional and physical tension on the body. I suppose in some ways, like, stress is quite good, but obviously we'll come on to that in a bit. If it gets too much, it becomes, uh, becomes not there. Uh, not healthy for the body. Man, yeah. You caught me off guard there. I thought you were actually going to define it yourself. And you went, I'm going to define stress as, go on, Steve, go on, you off you go, mate. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, you've been hounding to get onto this podcast, mate. I clearly haven't listened to any episodes, have you? Hey. I, I listened to Josh's, actually. That's oh, the yeah. one I've listened to because I've got right. a better, uh, better check-in. Yeah. yeah. All right. Joe, how about you? Um, stress, I think for me, stress is just like a lot of things going on like your brain a little bit scrambled. Um, I like Steve's idea about like tension on the body. I do think when when you're stressed, everything just seems a little bit crazy. Um, I've, I would always kind of see stress as something though, which you know you kind of deal with a lot of the time, especially in most jobs um, and just day-to-day life. Life can be stressful. Um, so I think it's something that you can manage, something that you can maintain. But uh, but yeah, maybe it is more serious or not. I'm not sure. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. That's why I asked for the definitions because I think people's definition will define what stress is to them. You know, it's very subjective. I think. But um, for me, uh, which I can go into a little bit deeper, I just I don't really stress out that much. So I find it really difficult. I'm sure I will when once I hear your examples or stories. Maybe I can think of something there. But the time I have been stressed, um, it's more like a worry. And I'd say there's a, there's, I don't know how to use words to describe it, but like there's a, there's something on top of my head. That's when I know I'm stressed. It's like, like a weight or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I've never, I've never got to that stage where it's overwhel- overwhelmed me or anything in that sense. It's, it's been, I think it's been used in a good way. Um, but I, I think if I did keep on doing that as I was doing it then, it would have burnt mm-hmm. me out at some point and I think I would have gone over gone over the edge. The actual definition uh, from the WHO is the reaction people may have when presented with demands and pressures that are not matched to their knowledge and abilities and which challenge their ability to cope. It's it's not a disease. And one thing I did want to say is that I, I actually listened to a, a podcast about stress before. This is a dedication that we put into our episodes, you know, 
Um, so a woman called Mel Robbins. Um, in the previous episode, Steve, one of them I mentioned about, I think it was in the positivity episode, Joe, when I was talking about the high five yourself in the mirror um, mm-hmm. like in certain parts during the day. And that was a woman who suggested Mel Robbins. So she's got a podcast on Audible. Um, and she's and I showed Joe all the episodes that she's done, and she's clearly copied us. Now we're in the top one percent. <laughs> it's uh, definitely Sorry. copied <laughs> at least ninety uh, percent of those episodes. But I listened to her episode because her episode is like twenty five minutes long, and she kind of uses research to back it up. And what one thing that I I found really interesting what she said pretty much at the start is stress is a feeling in your body and not something that you are. Because when people say I am stressed. It's not, it's not a state, it's more of a, I, she said you stri- um, change the words to I feel stressed because it's more of an emotion rather than something that you are. And a lot of people do use it in, in, in that sense as well. Um, so moving on to another question, Joe. Um, are there moments in your life when you feel that you're more stressed than usual? Yeah, I feel I feel like stress comes around. I mean, say for example, in a work situation, stress comes around when we're like deadlines coming up. Um, maybe at the start of the year when things are, you know, you've got loads of things going on and and deadlines to be met. Um, you know, stress I think for me sometimes can be like traveling because you're trying to like, uh, you know, get everything together. Um, and uh, you know I think for you Madge a good example for when you were saying you were struggling about an example of stress is like for example your last trip um, first time you were traveling like with your two girls is oh, like yeah. you know you're trying to like get you know um, the buggy to the airport uh, baggage how much baggage can we get how much you know containers food containers snacks and how are we going to manage each of our days and so it's those types of things, isn't it? That, and for some people, like traveling is super easy. Um, I know for my dad, it does stress him out. Like traveling, the whole going through like the security and the TSA and taking your belt off and then, you know, having all your, you know, having to untie your shoes and all of that. Like that gives my dad stress. Whereas for me now, on those short flights, I wear sliders. I don't wear a belt. I have all my stuff in like one little bag. So I just like walk through straight away. So that's the difference, isn't it? Steve, what, what causes you stress? Sometimes I think I cause myself stress, to be perfectly honest. Um, I really do. And I kind of mean like that. It's like, uh, like sometimes we put stress on ourselves, don't we? We want to overachieve. We have this expectation that everything's got to be perfect. And quite frankly, it doesn't always have to be perfect. Um, but I think, you know, I don't think I suffer stress any different to anybody else. I think it comes and goes into your life. Um, I would say at certain points I've had like a severe amount of stress and without going into it too much, like I've suffered with acute depression. So just through certain situations that have happened to me in the past. And actually, weirdly enough, in hindsight, that's actually grown me as a person, but my everyday sort of stresses, um, are what everybody else deals with. I feel like maybe I haven't quite got enough money or I feel like I want my life to be a little bit better than it is. But I think they're, they're kind of 
their sort of voluntary stresses, sort of stresses that I think, oh, okay, well, everybody's got those, so we'll all just deal with them. It'll be fine, you know. Um, but, yeah, and I mean, stress is, is such a kind of, it's a word which kind of, it's, it's, it's weird. It just, there's so many other parts to stress, I think, isn't there? And so people just sum it up with stress, like ang uh, being anxious or being worried or being depressed and sometimes just gets lumped in with, I'm stressed and all that. Like I was super stressed during lockdown. Like to be honest, I was like, just didn't know. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes I, I was like, I don't know which direction to go. I couldn't sleep. I was getting heart palpitations, taking sleeping tablets, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, just to try and cope. You know, during the really bad times. And I know I wasn't the only one. I, luckily, I don't take anything like that now. But um, yeah, it was. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. And you only have to put on the TV, don't you, at the moment to think, oh my mm -hmm. God, you could be, you could be really stressed all day every day if you really wanted to be um but i think I like, i'm probably go on, yeah no sorry i was just gonna say i really like your point though about the fact that you sometimes create your own stress like you mm. put stress on yourself because like the I, definition I, talks about like the kind of if you're doing a job or doing something which is like you know you're unable to to do or that challenges you but actually like a lot of the time it is just you you are stressed by yourself, aren't you? And I think also, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation where if you feel like you've got no stress in your life, you almost go looking for it. It's mm. like that sort of, uh, I don't know if you've ever felt like that, where you're so stress-free, you almost think, oh, I've got a bit, of, I almost feel numb. Like I'm not moving forward in my life. I need a certain amount of stress to feel like I'm achieving goals and everything like that. And I suppose maybe that's, maybe that's healthy stress. I don't know, but... Like, I think sometimes, you know, I've, I've been in that situation where I'm like, well, I'm, I'm almost bored. I've got no stress. God, what's yeah. the point of my life sort of thing, you know, but hey. Steve, we'll talk about this in more detail later, but from, from all the examples that you gave, would, would you say stress has been more positive or negative in your life? Or would you say it's split 50-50? At the time, I definitely thought it was negative to be honest with you, and a little bit of background without going into details is that's the reason I'm abroad, which is I went through a huge amount of stress in my life through different things. Mm -hmm. And not just one event, but several events that actually ended up um, uh, coinciding and actually to the point where I couldn't cope and spent a lot of time in the UK trying to cope and realized that actually I was, it took a lot of people um, and a lot of time and a lot of, in a weird way, my grip for life, which I think we've all got to kind of propel myself into a new life. And like, so overall, I would say that that stress, even though it was horrible at the time, I've never been happier than I am right now. So I would definitely say it's a positive. And also I think I deal with stress probably a little bit better in a weird way. Like, well, at least it's not as bad as it was back then, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I kind of, take, kind of take it with a little bit of pinch of salt and, I suppose a bit like teaching sometimes, like, isn't it? Sometimes you need a couple of years of teaching and experience in different situations before you think, oh, actually, that does make sense how to do that. Or it does make sense how to deal with children who behave in a certain way, you know. And mm -hmm. you can't get that until you've actually experienced it yourself. So, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. My, li my life is, I'm very fortunate. I've got a great family uh, that have always looked after me. Um, but outside of that, you know, there's been there's been moments where I've, I've been in some quite dark places, like I'm sure everybody has been. Um, but yeah, looking back at it now, while I'm in a really happy place, I'm really pleased with that past stress. 
imagine with with like me and Steve talking about some of these things and also like Steve making some great points there about like stress is such like a broad word and I and I for me stress was like you know said loads when I was like growing up in school and you know as a kid or see it on the news everyone's stressed everyone's stressed and I feel like now they're starting to kind of talk more about anxiety or depression or mental health and different things like that and more so because obviously they're starting to understand it more but when you when you think of that broad sense are you thinking now of some more examples because i reckon i can even for you think of more examples see oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to give me those examples because i i can only think of two (laughs) i can only think of two and um when i think of more um i kind of replace that with frustration rather than stress where i think yeah initially i would think it's stress when i look when i'm thinking about it now because i have been thinking about it all day like trying to think about stress because i am pretty chilled out guy and you know that's probably one of the people what people say a lot about me is how, how chilled i am and relaxed um like i would say the previous job that i was in before i came to malaysia um in egypt uh that one was stressful uh, and like Steve said, I put it on myself completely, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, uh, I was a director of sport. School needed to start up some sports teams, and I started from scratch. Um, got them into international tournaments, and basically got it going from from the ground up. And then it was a momentum that I wanted to kind of beat my previous year. So I was I did it for three years, and each year, I kind of wanted to be better. That there was there had to be some sort of improvement. So. Uh, in this, in that sense, what I, what what I ended up doing was I had to like work an hour in the morning uh, before I went to school, and also on the weekends. Um, and it was it was because of that goal, that goal that I set myself. That it was a challenge for me to do it uh, first time doing mm-hmm. it as well, and obviously doing it for the kids as well. That was that was the most important thing. But I just felt the whole time, the whole three years stressed. But it was like that thing that I'm telling you is on the top of my head, so it's like a to do list. You get rid of a few things and then like Steve said, you go looking for it. So it's like the next thing that you put on your to-do list and you're back at that stage again. Um, mm-hmm. So it was always on my head. But what what I realized was I couldn't keep doing that. When it came towards the end of that uh, job, I actually asked um, the, the guy who runs the school to split my role into two because it was just too much for one person. And if I was going to stay, I would have asked that anyway. And I think what what the nice change has been coming into the work environment now and seeing people a lot more relaxed. And it's only probably I've been there. What this is my third year, towards the end of my third year, and it's only probably this year where I'm now. I don't I don't get stressed at work, but I now take time out in the day to go and just be by myself or go and do my own thing and just accept that I don't need to be in that state of mind all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's been hard because it's just one of those things that you grow with. Stress is like I don't know if it's a macho thing, but. It's something that you wear on your on your sleeve, and it's a bit um, a bit of pride to say that you are stressed and you can deal with all of these things. And work should feel like that all the time. That's how I kind of that was my mentality from a young age. And maybe it was because of circumstances, but um, I would say that 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 never got to the stage where it went bad for me. But I also realized that I was getting to that stage where I would have been burnt out if I didn't do anything a year or two years down the line. Maz, do you reckon if, uh, just jumping in there, do you reckon if uh, you hadn't have worked that hard then, you may not appreciate how good it is now, though, and had that stress before? 
Say that again. What was the question again? So, so when you were the director of sport back then and you were working really hard and really stressed, like you've experienced that stress now, right? Yeah. So in your current situation, if you hadn't have experienced that stress before, do you think you would be trying to trying to build up, trying to get to that point, you know, keep on working harder and harder and harder? Yeah, but then sometimes I feel a little bit guilty that I don't work that hard here now. I mean, I'm not, I am I do work hard, but I mean, and personally in that, in that, how I felt in terms of the stress levels, I don't feel that now at all. And I, I am very big on that work-life balance. Um, but then again, I, when I look back at that, I think maybe there was a better way of doing it. Maybe I took too much on and, and I didn't need to do that in the end because the, the, it would have still gone the right way, but maybe I just prioritised or maybe I would have asked for help a little bit earlier. Or You know, like at that point, I just took everything on. Um, yeah, this experience, like, like you said, like how you feel like now you can deal with stress a lot better because of your experience before. I think, I think, um, I think the the thing that you're saying there, Madge, as well, is like in a new role, you you put more on yourself, and then as you learn and you get more experience, you learn to like do things in slightly better ways. Um, and I think I think your laid back temperament is a huge plus and a huge um, credit to your um, kind of like well to work with, but also to kind of um to for other people to kind of learn from a little bit but i do i i'm a sucker for for trying to put too much on my plate and i think i'm a little bit like what steve said i sometimes to an extent i sometimes hunt for that stuff to be like you know super busy and as much as i do try and take things off um and take some things out of off my plate that i don't need to do i can't help but you know if a student emails me and says you know oh, can I try find you at lunch to ask you about this and setting this up I can't help but say no um, but I know that there are plenty of staff and I know that there are plenty of people in other jobs that would actually say no sorry like you know I've got my lunch break and then that that would be the end of it and that is a really positive thing isn't it sometimes to actually have your own time however you know I quite I quite I feed off that stress sometimes, you know, um, and that's, that's, I suppose, sometimes a positive when it gets a negative. It's just when it gets a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. But I haven't had that too often. With but I, work I, I just wanted to say, I do see that in you as well, though, like mm. what I, what yeah. I was in. Cause you're, you're someone who works well at night, right? So yeah. you kind of like, but, but the difference is during the day, you are a lot more relaxed. Like you kind of can are happy to go and do your own thing and, you know, just just be relaxed during the day, but then you would do everything at night. That's that's how you work. Where I would say I was like proper on it, just like I am now when I work with you. Like just, I'll do as much as I can within the day and try not to take any work up work home. And that's kind of the lesson that I took from that. I think the second the second thing, and I just kind of realized where that came from. And I think um, the second thing is money as well. Like Steve mentioned it earlier about money as well, but. I think since I've had, I'd say in the past year, since since I now got two kids and they're both pretty young, um, I'm not saving as much as I wanted to. And initially that put stress on me because I kind of got this figure in my head that I want to save every month and kind of like trying to set up for the future sort of thing. And it kind of stressed me out uh, in the same way. Um, and then 
I kind of had to have that conversation with me is like where where is that stress coming from why why am I doing this and why why do I feel like that and it is the both both scenarios is down to expectations and those expectations were set by myself that's the interesting thing so I was like well you've got two kids now um you could save that much money before you can't save them now you know that everything that you're spending now is what needs to be spent you know that you're decent with money you know that everything that you need to do during the month is what you need to spend you can't do anything more unless you like start taking things out and if you take things out that's going to affect your happiness and I just kind of had to kind of remind myself about those expectations were the things that were putting me under stress in the first place so it was kind of coming from myself anyway and same with the job as well like no one put that stress on me from day one um I just kind of wanted to prove to myself took the challenge on and I probably went too hard but luckily I didn't get burnt out do you think um do you think the um oh what was i going to say the point there you make about like you didn't burn out do you think if say for example um you had said to the head teacher or the head of school and said you know uh, i want this role split and he had said no like we don't have the money for it you continue mad you're doing a great job do you think you would have continued it at the same pace because one thing I always find is once you've done a certain role it's hard to then do anything less than that the following year so say for example you you host a humongous tournament you have like 16 teams it's an absolute success if the following year to lower your stress level you only invite 10 schools obviously that's not going to go down too well so if you had had to keep on that role would would you have just done it until you burnt out or would that have prompted you to maybe change your job or, or move schools? I, I give an example. So um, when we went into those international tournaments, we went for every age category. The following year, they were very stressful as well because once you finish one, you you start setting up for the next one. So it's just, it's a cycle. And whilst you're teaching and whilst you're sorting out the sports teams in your, in your, in your own school. So what I did the second year was I shared my role a little bit more. So I asked the other teachers if they were interested in leading some of these. So in the previous year, I led all of them, went to all of them, and I led from the front. But in the second year, I was like, are you, any of you guys interested in doing it? So there was there were two of the teachers who took that role on where I kind of just helped them and assisted them and just like kind of mentored them in that way. And they actually went on the mm-hmm. trips. So I think I would have gone down that route um, of sharing it. But I think if, if worse came worst came to um worst i think i would have just prioritized what i needed to do um i don't think i would have gone i'm pretty good at that like kind of working out what my, where where my limits are and i would have had to prioritize uh, what we what we were doing steve can you can you give an example of something that you do to to de-stress yourself Keep yeah i kind of yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this earlier on. It's like there are sort of things I think I do really quickly without even thinking about it. Like I do straight away think, is this stress like important? Is it worth it? You know, like mm-hmm. sometimes you get so stressed with maybe like problems that haven't even happened yet, you know? And like thinking about all the different scenarios for for an outcome of something or a conversation. And I get or I get stressed out about conversation I've had with people that may have been uh, you know, a bit of a disagreement or something like that, and I think, well, why am I stressing about that? What's the point in 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 getting worked up about that? But I think, like, 
I think I'm quite a practical person and I think I, I like to have a plan for stuff. Like I always write things down. I always kind of, and I do that with like my job. I do that, you know, with the shopping list. I don't just go around the supermarket picking stuff off. Like not many people do, but uh, you know, like I'm, I'm very practical and solution based. And I think that kind of helps. I think that helps with stress anyway. But the problem is if you can't find a solution for, for the stress that you've got, that's when I really struggle and um, I like to just have a bit of time on my own to think in time, to be honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. I do like to talk to people if I am stressed, but I find that a little bit, I think most blokes do actually find that a little bit harder, uh, to be honest. In fact, there's a guy called Jordan Peterson. Do you know Jordan Peterson? Probably, You're talking about him the other day, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's like, what is he, a clinical psychologist over in Toronto. And then like, he's on about the main difference between like boys and girls, which is basically like boys are more interested in things and girls yeah. are more interested in people. And that's why they do different jobs like engineering. That's why there's more nurses that are women and all that kind of stuff. And they can actually relate to dealing with stress. Like most blokes will uh, look for things to solve their stress. Like for me, maybe going hitting 200 golf balls might help me clear my head or something like mm-hmm. that where if my partner went and hit 200 golf balls, I'd be really worried about her because that's not a natural thing for her to do. But if yeah. she said, I'm going to go meet up with my girls and and we're going to have a chat, I'm feeling a bit stressed, I'd feel like that was a really healthy approach for her. On the flip side, if I went, I'm just going to go meet the boys, I feel really stressed and I need to talk it out, I think she'd be genuinely quite worried about me because she'd think, oh my God, this stress <laughs> is really big that Steve's not hitting 200 golf balls to get over it. He's going to have to go and talk to the lads about it. So, but... I don't know. I do, I do feel like as I get older, I find myself being able to talk to people about like the stresses that I have, which is quite nice, but not, not anybody. I don't talk to anybody. I just talk to maybe a few trusted people. And I, I think it's just a male thing. I just like to keep say to them, you know, just keep it to yourself. Do you know what I mean? I don't want my stresses to be out there in the world and really open. I think, I think that's like a, well, two things I say on that. One, I totally agree with like the kind of things, you know, the um, the Jordan Peterson quotes of like boys go for things and um, girls are a little bit more about what were you saying. It's about feelings, isn't it? People, things, um, things yeah, and people, about- isn't it? Things and people. But um, you know, I think what what I'm trying to get better at, and this is very much like what you said, Steve. I'm trying to get better at is is approaching people um and just i think one thing for me is putting things into perspective so like um stress is like relative isn't it like right now there are millions of people across the world which are more than entitled way more than us to be stressed like we're in a privileged position um and our lives are very privileged so there's a lot to not be stressed about however you know, we obviously put that stress on ourselves. But one thing I'm trying to get better at is just having that conversation. So, yes, I would go and smack 200 golf balls, but I'd like to do it with somebody. And it might be, oh, do you want to meet me at the driving range? And it might not even be like my first question would be, oh, I'm really stressed. But it would just it would just go into that conversation. And then I think as soon as you acknowledge, oh, they're stressed as well. Oh, it's like oh, we're both stressed for this reason. Oh, that's understandable. Oh, that's made me feel loads better. But, you know, I think there's two things there. Exercise is a big one for me that de-stresses me. 
but I think also like having that little bit of social time, a little bit of a, a back and forth with somebody and just just kind of uh just kind of making me feel that like, oh okay. Uh, like he feels stressed or she feels stressed as well. That's understandable. You know, that's a big one for me, I think, is uh is just bouncing off somebody. And and I think as also, Joe, when you when you talk to people, you can't just has to be a certain type of person I find who I need to talk to. It can't, it needs to be somebody who I feel like who's going to listen to me rather than lecture me, if you know what I mean. And I think that can, if you're really stressed and someone's like, well, this is what you need to do and this is what you need to do. You're like, I yeah, don't yeah. need that. I don't need you telling me now what I need to do. I just need somebody to hear my problem and just be like, do you know what? I understand you. You know, if you want to talk some more, I'm here to listen. And that's kind of really, I think what you need as well. What, what some people need anyway, or what I what I look for when I'm stressed. Yeah, I think that's what they for say sure. about good listeners is that listeners actually listen. But a lot of people, when they when they come to your problems, is giving advice, and that's not what you want. You just want someone to listen. And a lot of the time, when you do talk, you come up with your own solutions in the end, don't you? Right. Um. Just wanted to talk quickly about um going back to that podcast. Um. And she talks about there's two different types of stress. She talks about situational stress and chronic stress and situational stress is related to what you feel to a specific problem or situation uh, and what, what you can do with that type of stress is you can that that's temporary and you can either leave that situation so you know when that problem occurs or if it's in a certain place or a certain area wherever you can leave with that or you can actually try to deal with it uh, and the other type of stress is chronic stress where when you feel completely overwhelmed or out of control. And for now, I think so far, I think no one has kind of talked about that. Well, I think a lot of our stress will be talked about is more situational and surprisingly enough, it's been about work. Um, Joe, I think you should come in now with your with your stats. Oh, well, before before that, is 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 when she talks about like situational stress, is that like a little bit of like fight or flight? Like you either address it head on or you just like book it. You just you just leave the situation. Yeah, I'm guessing so, yeah. Guessing like um so like there might be, for example, um you might be only stressed at work. Or it might be it might be the fact that um you could be stressed at work on a set, certain deadlines and we have to do reports. That could be your situational stress. And what she talks about there is one way of dealing with that is that you put a plan in place. So you, you prepare for it before. And so she talked about people get stressed about doing exams. Um, and then that way you then put a timetable in place and you prepare yourself and mm-hmm. you make sure that you, that you can do That's how you're dealing with it. Or yeah, like you said, you freeze and you don't deal with it and you flunk your exams, you know? Mm-hmm. Steve, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say that fight and uh, fight or flight is really interesting, isn't it? Because, um, I remember learning all about that at school and kind of kept it quite close to me, you know, when I was going through like stressful stuff. Mm-hmm. But then some, I remember somebody always saying to me, it's not just fight or flight. You know, there is that other area where you, it's just numbness and you just do absolutely nothing and you're completely overwhelmed and you don't know what, what you're doing. And someone said to me, well, if you ever feel like that, um, just eat as much as you can. And I said, what? That just seems ridiculous. Because like, apparently the opposite of fight and flight is rest and digest. And that's that kind of 
like comparison because your body when it feels stress like adrenaline comes in your heart beats quicker maybe you sweat and it's not necessarily because you're ready to fight or ready to run away it's just in, pre in preparation but if you want to counteract that that sort of rest and digest kind of thing like being happy and being safe is like okay you know all right i could have a good meal now and all that kind of stuff and it's a really interesting concept but it's it's one that i've never I've felt it before. I don't know if you've ever felt that, maybe playing sport or something where you feel like completely overwhelmed by a situation. I always remember, do you know what's really weird? I always remember Rory McIlroy. Remember him when he did like 2000 and whatever it was, Masters, when he completely flunked it on like mm -hmm. some of the holes. He just saw somebody completely crumble. Like, and you could tell that if he had the opportunity, if someone said, you could just, just go, just go, don't worry about it. He would have ran off the golf, golf course there and then. You know, he was just... Yeah. It, it completely took over him, didn't it? But um, I think I've gone a bit off topic there. Steve, I just want to remind you that this is the second time I met you, right? And both times <laughs> you don't shut up about golf. Just to start the same. <laughs> you gave a golf example before. You're giving this a golf, the... golf example now. Hold on a minute. I've got a message from Joe here saying that this is the stressful golf podcast <laughs> that I'll be coming up. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, th right. I also, just one point on what you said as well, Steve, because I... I spoke about this not long ago in in my uh, in one of my classes was about like arousal level because that's all about sports arousal level of when you go your adrenaline is so high that actually you go way past your um, way past your ability level and everything else and then it actually you go down and just absolutely crumble so your performance is supposed to peak at your peak arousal level but if you go over that then it just has a massive, massive effect um, on your performance. And, and I suppose you could say the same with day-to-day -day life if if you were to kind of put that in. I, going back to some of these stats, though, and I'll let you come back in in a minute, Steve, but going back to some of these stats, I was I was quite shocked, really, at the amount of... Um, at the, the height of the percentages. So this is, this is uh, related to America. Um, and a lot of Americans, so this is, is obviously just one side of things, but 33% reported extreme stress. 77% um, of people experience stress that affects their physical health, which is whether that is like overeating or just like hair loss or, um, you know, spots or skin issues, anything like that. 73% of people have stress that impacts their mental health, which... For me, there's massive correlation between stress and mental health, but that's a huge amount of people. And then 48% of people have trouble sleeping because of stress. Like I thought that was, obviously stress is something that, you know, people talk about positive and negative and, and we always have to live with it. But that's a huge amount of percentage that actually affects your physical health and affects your mental health, which are two of the, the biggest kind of parts of it. And if you're not sleeping, you're probably not going to be that sociable either. It's, it's, it's a weird one. That last one, 73% of people impacts their mental health. So there was like this, the big, I think it was the biggest study done by Harvard University, something to do with it, it's called the A test, and it's the average child test. And they put like 10 different factors in. That could be like bad nutrition, whether you were sexually abused, whether your parents were divorced. And if you had more than four of these things out of 12, 
you had over 70% chance when you were an adult to get a chronic disease, and that could include chronic stress as well. I just found mm. that really interesting how, how like things like that can build into like really bad habits and really bad um, like illnesses like later on, later on in life. But yeah, crazy. Well, you talk about here then, people who tend to experience particularly high rates of stress include ethnic minorities, women, single parents, and people responsible responsible for their family's healthcare decisions. So like even like some of those things that you've talked about there, Steve, in that study, I bet those were, were things that those uh, uh, subjects kind of had to tick or didn't tick as, you know, what gender you are, what ethnic minority you are, do you have two parents or, or one parent, single household? That's a, that's a thing that is going to instantly cause stress, isn't it? Yeah, I remember being at school and I've got a friend who uh, has pretty much had the same opportunity as me, went to university, is now a PE teacher as well. But he always used to say, my God, like my school days were horrendous. And I'm thinking, you're just the same as me. We did exactly the same. But Because his parents were divorced, he had to go from his mum's to his dad's and then to school every morning. And just that one little bit in between, like caused him so much more stress, like throughout his whole entire school life. I, I never knew about it really until we spoke a few years ago. But as an adult now, I can completely understand how that would ruin his day completely. You know, and he, he always used to say, oh, the worst bit is when they see each other on the driveway. And you can imagine it in your head, can't you? You know, an angry mum and an angry dad who are not together kid involved in the middle and this happens five days a week when he goes to school yeah. mm. no Match, what, what was what were what, some of your thoughts there yeah the, those high percentages just say to me that the that they although the whatever reasons that they're stressful is that they struggle with uh what's the word coping with the stress meaning that they don't mm -hmm. have good coping mechanisms so is that something that we need to work on in education or you know uh, if 77% of uh, people who experience stress affect their physical health, 73% uh, affect their mental health, 48% can't sleep, do we need to focus more on the coping mechanisms and exploring that mm. a little bit more? And I think maybe maybe people need to explore that a little bit more. And it kind of leads on to a question, Steve, I want to ask you. Is You talked about, I think, was is it in the UK where you where you had these problems before and then you, you've moved to a different yeah. country and that's kind of one of the things. I was just wondering, like, without going into too much detail, like, with, with that stress that you had there, we're talking about situational, we're talking about flight, uh, fight or freeze. Did you deal with those, uh, that stress, or was moving away a way to deal with it? And then the second question comes out, now when you deal with stress, do you kind of find yourself dealing with it um, and can you share some of the things that you do to deal with it or do you end, uh, end up avoiding it uh, in terms of situational um, Okay, yeah. I think um, to put it in context, like the stresses that I had in the UK probably came over a period of about six months, I would say. And it's a bit like waiting for a bus. You wait for a bus for ages and then three appear at the same time. And that kind of happened with me and my stresses where one sort of one part of my life collapsed and then that affected that had a knock-on effect and that affected another part of my life i unfortunately had a family member that died around that time as well and all those three seemed to write really um 
involve themselves in every other part of my life as well. And it's weird thing about stress is when I'm stressed, I, I meet a lot of other people who are also stressed. But when I'm happy, I meet a lot of people which are happy. And I kind of feel that maybe that's just how I put myself out into the world. Um, but I really went into a bit of a dark hole. And um, a lot of people were saying to me, like, and they were great. My family were fantastic. My friends were brilliant, gave me such a good support structure. Without them, I don't think I would have really got through it. But I had to make a change. I had to make a change. And I think that really came down to uh, a couple of points, which was I couldn't see my life particularly going up in my in my situation. And I just wanted a different life. And I think when I look back at that, it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. And when I, when I initially moved over to Vietnam for my first international job, six weeks later, I was in hospital uh, with dengue fever, thinking, what have I done? <laughs> what, what have I done? I'm, on, I'm in a hospital. I might die in a Vietnamese hospital. Oh, my gosh, my whole life, you know, and I, it was really going down. But like, I managed to pick myself up and it was great. And I chose to move from Vietnam to Malaysia because I wanted a better life. And I've definitely got one now that I've lived here. And it's, um, yeah. It's, how about when, it's how about when you how about when you return to the UK or... How about when you think of those situations? Do you, do you feel that that stress is there? Or you you think you've dealt with it? Or you think that that stress has gone? Oh, initially I did not do well at all. I remember the first time I went back. So I started my international career in Vietnam in the August time. Went back at Christmas, and I went back on the nineteenth of December. I stayed for four days. I said I don't want to be here for Christmas and New Year, and I flew to Bangkok, and had. Uh, Christmas and New Year's Eve on Kosan Road had a great time and it was avoidance complete avoidance of didn't want to be in the UK didn't want to deal with problems that were obviously clearly there and then January came and I felt quite bad that I hadn't spent time with my family so I ended up going back in the Easter break with a much better like um, much better attitude towards it and that was the only time I, I realised oh gosh I'm not quite ready to face this kind of demon again um, I thought I was fine just by going away from it. Um, but now it's absolutely fine going back to the UK. You know, it's, it's been a while and I've, I've, I've definitely kind of come to terms and got over some of those stresses. And, and like I said, it was not just stress. It, it turned into like acute depression because of the situation I was in at the time. And I think, you know, that old saying, time is a, time is a good healer. It, to be honest, it, it really is. It really is. Matt, when you were listening to that, to that podcast as well the um she talks about the situational um stress which is obviously you can leave it or not and it's 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 things which like what you were saying to steve it's probably things that you can kind of address and make sure doesn't happen again and address it but with the chronic stress when you're like just completely overwhelmed you can't you can't really just address that straight away I think what Steve said is you probably do need to just give it time. You know, it's like a serious breakup or it's like a bereavement or it's it's something where actually time to kind of get things into perspective is really important. Um, so it's not something like an, it's not necessarily like an easy fix, whereas like situational is, you could probably say that is a little bit more of an easier fix. Like if one week you suddenly just say yes to everything, the following week you might just make sure you plan it a little bit different. You might make sure that you go to bed a little bit earlier. Um, you know, those are things that you can kind of put in place. But the 
completely overwhelmed is, is way more. And I suppose that's probably what you felt, Steve, in the UK, completely overwhelmed by it and you had to just move away. Yeah, I did, absolutely. And I think what you said rightly there and, and coming on to your, one of your final points there, Maz, as well, which is like, how do I deal with it now, is I do plan. I realise that I can't just wing it sometimes and that if I know that I'm going to be entering potentially stressful situations, I do plan in advance on how I may react. I don't over plan because obviously I don't want to stress myself out about things that may never happen, but being a bit realistic about it, you know, and, and, and kind of um, having a, having a plan if certain conversations or certain stresses come up, I think, I think it's quite a wise and mature choice without actually having to go too far into the rabbit hole. I think we all probably, I bet we all know a hypochondriac who is always ill and always that, oh my gosh, I'm this and that. How stressful they must be everyday lives thinking that they're going to get this disease or this illness. And I bet COVID's been an absolute nightmare for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's interesting because I think what you're saying there, Steve, is that you play out situations in your head. So you play out the different scenarios and you kind of like work out what's going to happen here. So then when you when you do go into that stressful situation you're not unprepared and I reckon I reckon you probably like in your head you probably overplan it because I'm guessing that all those things won't happen but at least you've you've gone through your head that's called like visualization isn't it really like that's that's the that's the method and and it was interesting that you said um how you did avoid it and it kind of just made me think about like when people do avoid things if they don't work with it and what, what would have happened subconsciously you have you have gone through it in your head like even if you left the UK for whatever stresses you had um I bet it was in your head for a while and then you could avoid it but then when you went back um with your reaction it got overwhelming again didn't it so I think then you must have subconsciously done something and I just wanted to know like you've talked about smashing golf balls you talked about planning things um there was something else that you said about or speaking to someone uh, who will listen are there any other things that you like from experience that helps you so let's say now if you were to go into this what we call a chronic stress situation um how would you deal with it what would you what would you do what other coping mechanism do you have well I, I definitely know what I wouldn't do and it's what I thought I would I, I did last time for a bit which was you know I had a few beers and like you know it, beers is an absolute it's like this wonder wonder drug isn't it it makes you feel happy if you sad, it just exaggerates every emotion you have so being stressed made you feel more stressed like if I'm actually in any stressful situations now, I do, I do a bit of exercise. I don't drink at all, and I just try and sleep. And I always try and eat. Like I said it before, try and eat a big breakfast so that I'm not feeling like other things like dehydration and hunger are going to play their part in it. And like I do also have a slight different mentality towards stress now. There's not many things that stress me out. I'm a a lot more lighthearted than I used to be. And I just take life a little bit less serious. I'm I'm really serious about life and I love life. I love my friends, I love my family, but I I just try and enjoy it a lot more. And I think I avoid certain stresses and I avoid stressful people. Uh, if somebody's really stressful or someone's really negative, I'm like, it's okay, it's not a problem, that's fine. We're probably not suited for each other. You go your yeah. way, I'll go mine. And I'm happy to kind of put my thumb up and say, you know, thanks, it's really nice to meet you. I've got a big smile on my face, but we're probably not right to to be in each other's lives for whatever reason. So, And I don't feel bad about pushing stressful people away. I think it's a really healthy thing to do. 
mm-hmm. um, and like maybe five six years ago, I would have battled with them, you know. And now it's it's just not worth the battle. I'm really happy in my life, and for the large proportion of my week, I'm stress free, and I've worked hard to create that now. And um, um, that's 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 the one thing that I try and protect at all costs, which is which is like my stress level and my happiness. I think sometimes the point you make there about avoiding stressed people or people who are, you know, sometimes it can be quite negative sometimes as well, is it can be quite hard to do in in certain jobs and especially ours sometimes, isn't it? Because you kind of like those people approach you or those people are saying things to you, oh, I've got this and this and this and, and you're trying to do the same thing. You're trying to kind of calm them down by calming them down, you kind of soak in a little bit of that stress and then you try and deal with that stress as then you go to somebody else. You know, I think something that I do well is like, you know, that kind of like man management. You know, I'm trying to like go around and speak to these people and make sure their stresses are brought down, you know, and I try try my best to kind of organize that a little bit. But you do find yourself, you naturally do take on a little bit of their stress as you're doing it because you're kind of like running around and you kind of hear their story and then their story is there and then you kind of you can't help but take it on sometimes um and it's about for me now it's about just trying to continue to remind myself to like okay like control the balls and can you can you deal with that no okay let that person go for now and i think the older i get the more experienced i get in my job I understand the the people that I need to kind of put effort into and then those people that actually I can remove myself from or like what you said, Madge, is like, okay, I can delegate somebody to do that or just not overstress about certain things. Um, but it's it's always a battle. And I think in in our job sometimes as like middle leaders, that can be tough because you, you get it from the people above you and also from the people people below you type thing. So... It's just kind of a, a little bit of pass and parcel of it, of the job of it, isn't it? Do you want to say something? Uh, sorry, mate. I think my mic just, uh, my headphones came out a minute there. Um, sorry, sorry, Madge. Um, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying about sort of middle management, Joe. It's like, but imagine if you're at the bottom with nobody that you can delegate to. God, that must be even more stressful, you know? And I remember being there, and obviously we were probably in our like early 20s in those positions. And there you've got mm-hmm. loads of energy, you just work hard and you get you're stressful and everything like that. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm in my late thirties now. And uh, if you said to me, do you want to go back and work as hard as you did in your twenties? I'd be like, no, I do not. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. I'm quite happy being a middle manager. I'm quite happy getting a few orders and then saying to the guys below me, look, I'm really sorry, but my boss has said this, I'm going to have to get you to do this, you know, and, and yeah. sort of wording it so that I kind of, um, and not the bad guy all the time. But I mean, like I don't know how how you guys feel. Like, do you do you feel generally like more stressed over the last two years? Because the last two years have been quite stressful, haven't they? Right, with COVID and everything like that. But have you been less stressed living out here with it, or do you think you would have been less stressed living in the UK with your friends and family? What do you reckon? Uh, I think um, <clears throat> I'm going to share some of my coping mechanism. It kind of answers the question at the same time, and I mentioned this before previously as well. Like. I think I, I put things in place, like you said, Steve, um, to make sure these things don't happen. So I, I, I think coming to Malaysia, it took a while to get to my routine. 
and my routine I'm talking about my weekly the things that I do like for example during the week having enough time by myself spending enough time by myself on the weekend trying to be as sociable as I need to be not not going over the top but because I also got a family to look after and uh, exercise is a massive one as well um, and I've talked about religion as well because sometimes people don't understand how religion gives you that or faith or God whatever you want to call it it gives you that side of it where you can just kind of well that's not that's not in my control anymore you know that sort of thing and it kind of then you can kind of say right why am I stressing about those things when I don't have any control over it you know so I think that that really helps me and I think the uh, Joe mentioned the time last Christmas when I took my two kids who were like two years old and at the time six months old took them to Langkawi and it, that that was stressful uh, and that was stressful because there were things that I didn't have control over but they were out of my control but it was about trying to manage it and it was about not just managing myself but also managing the kids but also managing my wife as well at the same time and it was trying to put that was really difficult because they were out of control. When the kids are having a tantrum, it's out of your control. You just got to kind of manage it as the, as the best you can. So definitely that that trip was very, very stressful. Um, but yeah, how about you, Joe? I just a point on that trip though, Madge, just based on, on some of your comments today though as well, is your first reaction when you got back from that trip was what? I'm not taking them on a trip again. Yeah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was like, if anything, like it was um, a total avoidance of ever like trying to do that situation again. But I know that, and I said to you at the time, it will get easier. You know, if you did it again, you would know all of those little things that maybe didn't work the first time. So then you try it again. And that's, that is part of like when you're in situational, stressful situations, like I don't, I, by no means were you chronically stressed, so I don't think you were chronically stressed during that time. You were probably just like frustrated and stressed yeah. that you couldn't kind of do your day-to-day stuff as well. Um, but like, I kind of felt like when you came back and you were like, "Wow, oh, I'm not going on on a holiday again with them," I kind of thought, "No, no, I I think you're you're either regret that or I think you should be going on a trip again with them." Because you've you've kind of got to address that well, thing. Because the thing is, the thing is with stressful. kids, right, is that when like that time when I did it, the next time I do it, they're a bit older. It's a different. You're never in the same situation again. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It'll be different, mm-hmm. and each kid's different. Sorry. <coughs> so um, that although like my my daughter at the time was just about talking, started tantrums. The next time I go on a holiday with her. Now she's communicating the tantrums are lessened down. You know, it'll be a different stress. But I, I think it was frustrating in the sense that I wish I'd known that beforehand. You know, like some people say, like you you said it to me as well, like, no, it's good for the exposure. But to be honest, the amount of stress that I was under and everyone was under, there was hardly any exposure. You know, it was not worth it for the amount of money and time that you spent. But I get, I get what you say. And I think I would never have known, right? I would never have known unless I did it. It was just one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I bet you were pleased it was just a 45-minute flight, weren't you? Mate, the 45 minutes on the way back, she screamed the whole plane down, you know? <laughs> I, I sat I sat at the seat, seat in front of her, put my earphone and pretended she was my daughter. I just ignored her. <laughs> <laughs> just to just to finish before we do our, our quick-fire questions, I do want to get onto this, uh, just one example each 
of describe a time when stress has been positive because I do think you know in schools and going back to your point earlier Madge we we do teach kids about how to deal with stress we give them like you know tips and tricks we give them planners we give them ideas on how to separate their day and all these different things but we also at times naturally probably encourage an element of stress or encourage um or talk about our experiences of stress and how it's actually been positive. So, Steve, have you got a time when you feel like stress has been positive to you? I would say, I would say generally in, in like work situations and sporting situations. Sporting situations in the past, I don't really play a lot of competitive sport anymore. Um, still enjoy watching it and playing uh, some bits, but not really with the same competitive edge as I used to. But when I was in those situations, I felt like I could home in on the like important parts of like the sporting game then and really take control and, and build pressure in a healthy way um, against another team and build pressure with a team. Um, you know, we've probably all played on a, a football team when somebody has lost their head completely and you've had to be like, oh, what the hell? What are you doing? What are you doing? Get back, you know. Uh, yeah, I've heard that it's Joe O'Connor, actually. Yeah, he's a different but, animal. Uh, a little ankle biter. Um, uh, but also in work, you know, when people are getting stressed around, I find myself coping with that stress better than other people. And it, it pleases me. It really does. And not for them, mm. obviously. I wish I wish they weren't as stressful as they were. But it pleases me that I am not getting uh, caught up in, in what is a stressful situation. I can, I can step back a little bit. I don't know if that's answered your question. But, yeah. No, it has for sure. Because I think... I think sometimes I quite like um, I quite like putting out fires. That's that for me can be like a positive thing, and mm. I think for me, my main one was like at school or at work. Like stress makes me stress makes me like kind of do better at my job. Sometimes I feel like it can sometimes make me more productive and and kind of hammer out work that I need to do because I'm like right, I've got to get this done, this done, this done. As long as I make sure I plan it enough then it doesn't get overwhelming. And I suppose that's the point. Madge, have you got a positive example before we finish? Yeah, I was just trying to think of um, the, I think deadlines, like when you're when your university assignments and stuff, having some, yeah. I can't do the work when I'm a few weeks out. I can only do it like when I'm a week <laughs> out, you know? Uh, and although you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I left it last minute and stuff. Uh, yeah. I remember when my third year, I got better at that and I just managed and did little chunks each time for my dissertation. But it still, it, it needed a little bit of pressure because it just it just makes you do a little bit quicker. As it, what was interesting is though, when Steve was saying the example of sport, I, when I played cricket, I would like to be under pressure. I like to be like the main man uh, in terms of the pressure. But when I'm playing football, I don't. It's, I just noticed that when you said that. When I play football, it's I, weird I, say, I like to just Matt. be relaxed and chilled. I don't, I don't. When people are stressing me out, I don't get to focus on my own game. So that, that's kind of interesting as well. I just realised It's that. weird you say that. The first sport that came to my head when I was thinking was cricket as well. Like, yeah. if, were you a batter or a bowler? Both. Both did both. Yeah. But it was um, when I'm thinking of that example, I'm thinking of bowling. So maybe it's just because it's an individual part of the game, isn't it? Maybe it's individual sports that you do that, but we're in team sports. You're working as cricket. a team. I mean, cricket, cricket, even though you're in a team, it is quite individual, isn't it? Like it's Absolutely. it's like yeah. you hitting the ball, it's you bowling. Yes, obviously you're in pairs when you're batting, but like it is quite individual. But you can't. I mean, with football match, you can't control what other people are doing. So 
you sometimes you, it's hard to be the main man in football because yeah. there's 11 other you know there's 11 <clears throat> other or well more isn't there there's 10 other people on your team and then plus the other so it's really hard to be an individual in football but you know in, in sports like cricket you can all right to finish then steve um really quick five questions all right you okay. ready for this you ready go on yeah what's like your really favorite quick. place yeah really quick what's yeah. your favorite place of all places you've ever traveled to and why uh probably the philippines el nido why? i think yeah uh, just had a lovely time exploring a new place like it was just amazing people were amazing weather was amazing fantastic what's that place called el nino el nido nido um El Nido, no, it's not an island, or maybe it's part of a collection of islands, but um, yeah, lovely. All right, cool. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Uh, um, my dad always used to say, people who mind don't matter, and people that matter don't mind, which I quite like. So it's basically get rid of the negative people, don't worry about them, just focus <coughs> on the people who matter to you. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, and tell us one thing that is on your bucket list still. Any part of Scandinavia, I think. I haven't done any of it, and I'd love to go there and explore it, get that real fresh air, like do oh, some yeah. open water swimming, like go to Iceland, go to Norway. Just, yeah. I'd, re- I'd really like to experience those those parts of the world. I've been to Iceland. It's a it's oh, yeah? a once in a lifetime place. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's definitely a must go. I just, yeah, I'd love to explore it. Steve, thank you so much for being on our podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. Uh, Tons and tons of chat. And I think, I will say this, Madge, I think he's one of the first people to talk and ask us questions at the same time. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. He was was asking us questions. How do we feel rather than just taking, taking the questions from us? which I hugely appreciated. And pretty much, you were like a, another co-host, Steve. So thank you yeah, so much. That's, that's what I'm worried about. Is he, has he come in trying to take one of our spots? That's, that's what we need to worry is it, about. Yeah. Is, is, this, is this the official interview or is that? <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time, we'll do that, yeah? Okay, all right. This is like the pilot episode for Steve taking over. <laughs> you know? All right. Well, thanks uh, anyway. I, I really no enjoyed. worries. Yeah, no thanks, worries. Steve. Thanks I really so appreciate you coming on, mate. Next time we just don't talk about golf, but yeah, next time we'll be something else. (laughs) All right, then, guys. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye bye. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Share it with someone if you think they might enjoy it or if they might learn something new. If you have any comments or would like to join us on an episode, email us at youchattoomuch at gmail.com.